Hey, before I get started with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about settling. And I was just watching the Ted Lasso episode and the the owner of the Richmond uh, football club, well, soccer, was dating someone and she was like, it was okay, it was a good relationship. But then she kind of talks to uh, the some of her friends and and it's like well she's not 100% passionate about it and I think that as you're going through this residency process many of you are going to have this feeling of I this is just not feeling right you know I, I, I did everything right I'm getting the interviews I expected that residency is exactly what I want to do but what you may find is that some of the things that you thought about residency that were going to kind of take you to the next step, well, they're a little bit different than you expected. And, and so I'm excited to have Keaton Higgins on, who is a P3 finishing up at the University of Iowa. And he his undergrad led him to get an athletic training degree. And he has a parent who was a physical therapist, and he was thinking about physical therapy and then went into pharmacy. And he's not 100% on what he's going to do. But I guarantee after you listen to him, you know that he's 100% he's going to be successful in whatever he tries for. But it's really more about taking a lot of time to explore and think about what are some of the other possibilities or how do I want to focus my residency in such a way that I can do something that I'm really happy about. Because no matter what residency you get, it's not going to be 100% fit. And I've heard over and over again that students love PGY2 and they kind of suffer through PGY1. And the reason for that is PGY2 is doing all the electives or all the rotations in your specialty. Where PGY1, it's like, all right, well, I want to do cardiology, so maybe you get you know a quarter of your electives in cardiology, but you still have to have that rounding and, and well-roundedness uh, that comes from being a PGY1. And so there's a lot more excitement when you're job or your career really fits what you like. So uh, Finding Your Unicorn Job for Pharmacists, it's an audiobook that I put together. Uh, Mike Lenz is the narrator who actually is doing narration as his uh, full-time job. He used to own a pharmacy and was mayor of his town, so kind of a neat guy. Uh, but anyway, let's get on with the show here. Keaton Higgins, a uh, really exciting guy to, to listen to, uh, really just shows what really works when you have something that you're excited about and why it's so important when you're choosing your residency topics to not just say, okay, I've done this one before, but to have something you are so excited about that you clearly are, your energy, your excitement, uh, all of that uh, are clearly better than the other candidates. So again, you need my help, residency.teachable.com or email me at tonythepharmacist at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm here with Keaton Higgins, who uh, is a certified athletic trainer, but is also in pharmacy school. And I wanted to talk to him about his journey. And I'm specifically interested uh, in how ambulatory care, which is when we, you know, we're, we're helping with all these chronic disease states. But uh, really, as a pharmacist, we, we don't necessarily get into the exercise component or the, we get into part of the wellness component. And I'm now teaching at a community college of physical fitness and wellness class, actually at 1115. So 1115 to 2, 3, 12, 
45. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what he has to say about how these things come together. So welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. Excited to be here. All right. Well, tell me a little bit about your journey. Everybody's a little bit different. So uh, how did you get to Iowa's pharmacy school? Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, so just starting from the beginning, I was born and raised in a small town in northern Iowa. It's called Belmont, about 30 minutes south of the Clear Lake Mason City area, if you know where that's at. Okay. Um, pretty early on in my life, I, just, I uh, found out that or I realized that uh, we're put on this earth to help each other. My mom's a, a physical therapist and my dad used to build and design customized wheelchairs for people with uh, handicap um, with uh, disabilities. Okay. So pretty early on, I uh, figured that out. And then uh, healthcare was a pretty obvious route for me uh, throughout my life. So fast forward a couple years, a few years, um, my senior year of high school, I got my first job in a pharmacy. At that time, I wasn't necessarily interested in being a pharmacist. It was just good medical experience, good references, good job to have as a senior in high school. Um, actually, I was interested in becoming a, a physical therapist, like just like my mom. So uh, I headed to my um, undergraduate at University of Northern Iowa with the goals of becoming a physical therapist um, and majoring in athletic training. Uh, well, as the years went by, I got a job up in Cedar Falls as a, a certified pharmacy technician just to kind of pay the bills and uh, things like that. Um, but throughout my curriculum as an athletic training student, I was falling more and more in love with the, the rehabilitation and preventative medicine aspects of athletic training. But I was falling out of love with the actual rigor and demands of the actual job of becoming an athletic trainer, as long as falling out of love with the, the aspects of uh, physical therapy as a whole. At the same time, I was becoming more and more interested in my job as a pharmacy technician in a pharmacy, um, just the patient interactions, learning about the medications and just seeing the impact that we can have on our population as the most accessible healthcare provider that pharmacies and pharmacists can have. Um, so with that, I made the, the decision my junior year of undergrad to switch from pre-physical therapy to pre-pharmacy. I started the pre-pharmacy club um, and then uh, finished up my curriculum there while, while maintaining my degree uh, in athletic training. And then once I graduated, I sat for my boards and became an accredited athletic trainer um, and got accepted into the University of Iowa as a pharmacy student with a goal of integrating my education of athletic training into pharmacy um, to become a sports pharmacist and kind of integrate pharmacies cool. pharmacists into the sports medicine world. Um, so along with that, jumping into my first, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a third year pharmacy student now. So about my time in pharmacy school, I've discovered there's a huge need for strong leadership and advocacy for a profession. Because when I have to sit down and have these conversations with people, they're like, well, how can a pharmacist help in the sports medicine team? And I started diving into, well, these are all the things that pharmacists, pharmacists are capable of doing. And they're like, well, I had no idea they could even do this. And it's become so obvious to me that not only the general, general population, but pharmacists themselves have no idea how they could be utilized their skill sets within different populations and different avenues of their careers. So well, with all that information, that's brought me here. And I've uh, spent the last few years really diving into the non-traditional pharmacy pathways, trying to educate not only myself, but my peers and my and other colleagues, uh, just how uh, versatile a pharmacy education can be. Uh, and for myself, looking into how I can utilize my undergraduate degree in athletic training and, be, and, and my future as a pharmacist into really maximizing the things that I'm passionate about um, to producing the best value that I can as an individual. Okay, so let's actually start with uh, a lot of people have been applying to summer internships, uh, many uh, at the Mayo, I helped them with their cover, cover letters and things like that. Uh, you were an executive intern here locally at IPA, right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah so tell me a little bit about what your app, what went into your application, what you talked about uh, when you were going to become an executive intern, and maybe tell me a little bit about the internship itself. And I believe that since it's IPA, you're going to 
you're definitely gonna have a platform for moving uh, what you want forward. Exactly. Yeah. So um, a lot of aspects uh, kind of piled into me making the decision to apply and then eventually being accepted as the intern. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is biggest things I would say one is um, as I've gone through the curriculum as a pharmacy student, I haven't necessarily fallen in love with any of the particular things that we're learning about the cardiology or the oncology, but mm-hmm. I do have a, a, a very strong um, respect for the curriculum and the, what we need to learn as pharmacists. But along the way, I've, I have, I mean, what's the one thing that almost all pharmacy students hear right off the bat? It's not what you know, it's who you know. So one of my favorite things about being a pharmacy student is connecting with people and getting to know them and learning about their diverse past and things like that. So that, though, uh, the general lack of specialized uh, um, interest that I had, plus the actual interest in uh, learning about people and learning about uh, influencing people and decision making, those two things, along with um, just another avenue to explore those non-traditional pathways, which I mentioned earlier, uh, those are the three main things, along with um, one of, one of my, I would consider a close mentor, my Anthony Pudlow, he was a big, very influential in my decision to apply for it. Okay. Unfortunately, I only got to spend about a month with him um, at IPA until he moved to Tennessee and took on this to the, the director position there. But yeah. um, all those things combined, plus a lot more, really influenced my decision to apply for that position. Um, and just understanding how, um, going back to my uh, interest in um advocating for the profession all those things kind of tie together perfectly to uh what came together as one of the most challenging but one of the most rewarding summers of my entire life as the executive intern uh during my time there i spent a lot of time one meeting with people all across the state of iowa that had incredible jobs and things that you never even think about pharmacists doing two i worked on projects that helped advance the profession including the um test and treat toolkit which uh as you may know uh, Iowa just passed a law that allows pharmacies to test and then treat for flu and influ- uh, flu and strep throat. Um, so I, I did a lot of work with that as well, just kind of uh, producing content to help our IPA members um, Im- implement these new services into their pharmacies and just growing the impact that they can have on their communities. Um, along with that, other things, re- reaccreditation things I worked on. Um, and overall, it was just an incredible experience and I wouldn't train it for the world. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise to see the language that we are not allowed to prescribe COVID uh, materials. So that was just kind of, a, um, again, maybe maybe it'll go to the states or something like that. But I know kind of New York, uh, that area is definitely on a different uh, playing field in terms of the, what a pharmacist can do inside of VA ambulatory care, what a pharmacist can do and so forth. So what I, what I really want to know is how do you integrate what you know about exercise and sports and things like that. And we could get in the calories in or calories in calories out, you know, uh, argument here and there, but uh, definitely somebody who exercises is healthy. I think we can, or healthier. uh, We can definitely agree on that. Tell me a little bit about how uh, someone integrates exercise, maybe in ambulatory care. I know that you're P3 going on to P4, Um, or maybe tell me what choices you made for your appies. Uh, Maybe that'll give me a better idea either way. Yeah, so I mean, uh, exercise is such an integral part of my life, um, and I, and obviously, I think it should be in part of anybody's life, uh, barring any contraindications for them getting up and moving around. But I really see that exercise and rehabilitation and things like that are such a—they're uh, not like it's not either as a pharmacist. Maybe people expect me to say, "I'll oh, take this medication and cure this." No, it's all—it's all just they're all those tools in the toolkit. And I think first and foremost, I mean, the first thing we learn in all of our courses as uh, we're going through our uh, curriculum is first lines usually uh, 
weight management and eating right and things like that, but we don't learn anything about it. Like, why not? Like, and then we move on to the medications we should be learning. Yes, obviously the medications have a place and they should be used uh, supplemental to those other things, barring any other, um, again, contraindications for that. But I just see, yes, as pharmacists, we, we are very, we are the experts in medications, but we should also be the experts of getting people off of those medications or preventing people from going on those medications. Right. And there's just so many avenues that we could utilize the education that we have and if just learning about those that exercise that I was grateful to have as an undergrad, I understand how, how to, how to treat injuries, how to treat chronic pain. I understand how to kind of develop healthy exercise skills and general life, things like that. So I just see so many avenues for it um, and integrating those all together. Um, unfortunately, uh, mentioning the appies, there wasn't too many opportunities for me to work within that uh, healthy physical space. Um, I was planning on doing a rotation with uh, the United States Anti-Doping Association. Unfortunately, that fell through. Um, but um, I do currently have one set up with the APHA to cont uh, continue my advocacy efforts to really grow the impact that we can have as pharmacists. Um, and just going along there is I'm actually going to the National Athletic Training Association uh, conference this summer with along with some of my other pharmacist friends that we'll be sitting at booths and um, educating athletic trainers and other members of that community on just the impact that pharmacists can have within the athletic space in the sports medicine space so I'm really excited about all those I'll be going back to you and I this summer or this uh, this spring um, to teach some courses on pharmacology just to kind of really uh, integrate that how important pharmacists could be within that exercise and sports medicine space so a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities there, Tony. I really believe it. Um, tell me, uh, so you're going to DC? Yep. Yep. Okay, so you'll be staying in DC. That's cool. My, uh, my wife did that. I want to say it was a decade ago, but uh, it's just uh, an amazing experience. And are you going during the block that's going to be at the APHA meeting or is it a different block? Um, no, it is. Uh, it'll hopefully, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances, of course, it'll be um, like around September, October. I really wanted to uh, get that experience in before I had to make any decisions regarding fellowships or residencies. So yeah. otherwise I, I did have a plan for that, but I just figured this would be a better um, uh, decision-making process for me. Yeah, and I don't know if the IPA fellowship requires a residency. I'm not sure if it does or not, but uh, some of the fellowships are, are better choices um, definitely for that. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about how you can actually stay healthy during pharmacy school, because it sounds like it's in your blood. So it's not a problem for you. Uh, but some of your classmates and certainly the, the residents that are out there are, are making decisions right now that they're what I call the unhealthy health professional. And um, we'll, let's hit physical health first, but then let's also uh, what you know about mental wellness and mental health. Um, what can you kind of tell us uh, that, that would allow a resident uh, to have, we always use that word balance, but I mean, it's tough to balance when you got a 65 hour week, but let's say physically, uh, how do you keep busy under the duress of that kind of stress and uh, those uh, requirements that you guys have? Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just uh, throw that out there right off the bat. My, my boss this summer, CEO, Kate Gaynor at IPA, she doesn't use the word balance, she uses the word integration. And I think that's okay. a really important aspect to it. Um, it's not really about balancing, it's figuring out what works best for you and your lifestyle. So with that, I'll, I'll, the number one thing that I've 
I have to say is, is just setting your priorities. And with that, there's not one right answer to the, this question, you know, Tony, what's right, what's the right answer for me is not going to be the right answer for somebody else. But regarding my physical health, I made it a priority in my life. So you can probably, you can catch me at the gym at 6 a.m., five, six days a week. I know that's not, that's not, that's not doable for some people, but it works for me. Um, and that's really how I prioritize my, my prioritize my, my physical health. Um, I, I make time for it. I'm very, very diligent when it comes to my calendar. You can ask my friends that I show them my calendar on my phone and are like, crazy, I don't get it. I have almost every half hour, one hour down to the hour blocked out on what yeah. I'm going to focus on now. And I, I really, I really, my mind focuses uh, best when I put things into buckets and I can, I can set, a, set, set aside this time to work out exercise. I can set aside this time to study. I know I have to go to class from X to Y. Um, and that just really helps me, especially visualize it. So I guess my advice to residents, pharmacy students that may be struggling with that and are looking for ways to do that is just really make sure you have your priorities straight. Make sure you're spending time doing things that you love doing um, and, and really carving up that time in the day. Like it's, a, I mean, it's not, not really cliche, but we all have the same 24 hours in the day. You make time for what matters. And if you don't, something else takes up that time. And you have to just take control of your day uh, before it can take control of you. That's my best advice for physical health. Okay. Mental health. Uh, mental health is um, I'm a I'm a uh, big proponent of reading uh, self development um, and again it just comes down to uh, finding time within the day to do that if, if that's during the day if it's at, at bedtime I really like to read before bed kind of wind down uh, just have my own personal time for that just a thing to think and reflect um, I know others have great success with journaling and meditation I've tried some of those things and I really want to get back to doing them but at this point in my life it's, it hasn't been a priority of mine. Uh, which you'll notice is a big, uh, big aspect of what I do is priorities, as I mentioned, but um, I love reading. Um, I love, again, carving out time to hang out with my friends that I know that are beneficial to myself and my surroundings. I, I make time for the things that I like to do. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a perfect, perfect person. I love drinking craft beers as, the, as much <laughs> as the next guy or even, even more. I love, I love having good times shooting pool with my friends. Um, so I just, it's just making time for those things and being very, um, yeah, being very, uh, we're just saving right now, but it's making sure you intentional, intentional, intentional yes, yeah. thank you, being very intentional with your time, and I'm very intentional with my time, people I surround myself, and things that I do, so those have helped me really kind of align my goals with what I want to do with my life, and, and the time that I have. Okay, so um, what I have in my class, I'm going to be teaching in about an hour, uh, I have a group of uh, 21 students, and uh, I would say about half to maybe three quarters of them uh, are going to be moving on to the same kind of degree that you had at UNI. Uh, what were the, the things that in undergrad, maybe freshman, sophomore, junior year, uh, you were one that you were happy that you got, or maybe there was one or two things that you missed. So uh, what is it in undergrad that you feel was just so valuable uh, when it came to getting into graduate school and then succeeding in professional school? Um, I would just say, number one, mentorship, reaching out to somebody that has uh, similar or uh, uh, adjacent goals that yours have that have found success in that area. Um, one thing that I have learned, especially in pharmacy school, but even in undergrad is people are so willing to sit down and talk to you like I just reached out to you and we set this up. Um, I didn't expect that to happen, but actually one of the biggest pieces of advice I got was actually my P1 year of pharmacy school is... Um, if someone, if you reach out to somebody and they say no to you, it's a win-win situation. Well, if, if, if you reach out to them and they say yes, you you get to set up a meeting with them. You get to get, get to know them. If they say no to you, that's more of a reflection on what they who they are as a person and uh, 
in contrast to who you are. Do you really, do you really want to spend time with somebody that doesn't want to make time for you in their life? So I really just take that as a mindset of when I reach out to people, it's like, hey, either I'm going to set up a meeting with this person or they're going to be too busy for me and I don't want to give them my time anyways. So that's been a big help to me. Um, otherwise, it's just uh, really, um, especially on undergrad, exploring everything you possibly can, um, really finding out your interests before you really um, commit to anything at all, um, I, which I feel really blessed in the fact that I started off school as uh, thinking I want to be a physical therapist because I got to make the conscious decision that I didn't want to be a physical therapist mm -hmm. and I wanted to be a pharmacist. So I think that's really helped me in my career uh, arc as I, I've been very intentional and very I'm passionate about pharmacy. I didn't really let it fall into me. I had, uh, my mom's a physical therapist. That's about the extent of healthcare workers in my family. Yeah. So I haven't really just kind of pigeonhole, pigeonhole myself into anything really. Um, so I think that's really helped me keep an open mind towards everything, kind of uh, ruling out the things I do like and things I don't like, which may be even more important later on in life. So those are things that I found effective. It's, it's funny. I had a student who was a pharmacy technician and she had her choice of organic chemistry or physics. And she's like, nah, I'm going to do physics. And so she became a physical therapist at DMU. She just graduated. And uh, she actually uh, was so good with her money that she actually graduated with no debt. Wow. But that was just, uh, it's kind of cool how like the one, one point, one class is like, all right, well, this is going to be my direction. And, and she likes it the other way. Well, there's certainly been people that have helped you out. Anyone you want to throw a shout out to that have really been uh, maybe mentors, whether faculty or friends or staff that have really helped you out at Iowa? Yeah. So uh, especially at Iowa, uh, uh, Tom Temple, former CEO of IPA, has been a huge, okay. huge um, help for me throughout my career. I'm meeting with him later today, actually. Um, he's just been helping me push myself to be a better version of myself. Um, really reach for those the high effective leadership and uh, things that I really want to get out of my life. He's always been willing to set up meetings for me and connect me with people that really going to help me push me throughout my career. Um, Kate Gaynor, of course, and the whole IPA staff has been instrumental. Um, outside of Iowa, Dr. Adam Martin, the fit pharmacist, has been a, a huge influence on my life. He just quit his form. job. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. <laughs> so happy for him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, me and uh, the, thing, the work that me and uh, Adam have done together, I, I could not thank him enough for that. Um, I could go on and on, Tony. Things okay. have been... Uh, I've been so blessed to meet the people that I have in my, in my short time here in Iowa City, uh, University of Iowa. And I really just feel like that's the, that's the one reason. Uh, and going on a tangent now, I sit on or I, I work or I uh, volunteer for one of the organiza organizations at our school. It's called the Pharmacy Student Ambassador, Ambassador Network. Our job is just kind of show students around, kind of influence yeah. them to come to the University of Iowa, if you will. But the one thing that it rang true for me, but I, I have no problem sharing with anybody else is just the faculty and everybody associated with the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy is so welcoming and is always, always willing to and wants to see every student succeed in their own way. So they're willing to go out of their way. And it's really just a big family. And I, I, I know this is the only school I applied for, but I know this is the choice for me and I could not be happier with decisions I've made so far in my life. Yeah, the data show that uh, people are moving from the privates to the publics and uh, uh, Iowa is definitely a great place as well. Well, I've asked you a bunch of questions. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to make sure that people uh, heard about? That's a great question. I wasn't really prepared for that question, but uh, <laughs> um, no, I just say um, if anybody out there is thinking about pharmacy or thinking about applying for pharmacy or in pharmacy school that 
they may be on the fence about something or they think that their options are limited. I just, I just beg you to um, explore all the, the infinite possibilities, which uh, being a pharmacist or a pharmacy degree can give you. Think of less of it as a piece of paper that's going to give you a job and think of it more as a skill set that you're developing throughout your four years of pharmacy school to help you propel yourself into any aspect that you want to control and to do in your career. So I, I wake up every day um, excited about my future. I know my friends feel the same way. Um, and I couldn't be happier with the, the choices we made. And I can't wait for the future of pharmacy and the future that we're about to build for all of ourselves. Well, I'm going to make a prediction. There isn't a sports medicine master's degree, but I bet if there is one going to happen, uh, I bet that, that you would be the sports medicine pharmacist uh, master's degree uh, dean or whatever it is. Uh, but I bet you would you would actually make the degree uh, that, that would work for you or something like that. So uh, I'm really excited for your future. Uh, we maybe we'll, we'll actually meet if you go to APHA or sometimes I, I end up at the IPA thing. So I'm, uh, I guess, did, or did you go to legislative day? Or are you hitting legislative day? Um, well, I went my P1 year. Okay. Last year was virtually. Okay. Um, depending on when this gets released, it hasn't been announced yet, but it has been pushed back till probably okay. about mid-March. So we'll see. I am planning on uh, going to that event in March or whenever it gets rescheduled for. We're uh, trying to get an event with the IPA staff to come to the University of Iowa and kind of get everybody hyped up for that. So I'll definitely be in attendance if schedules allow and COVID allows, of course. But yeah, I will plan on being there. Yeah, something I want to tell everybody is that uh, I, I took your advice before I got your advice, but uh, I, I reached out to my my uh, senator here, who happens to be um, uh, you know Jack Whitver, and I was just like, hey, I just wanted to meet with you for fifteen minutes. He said, oh yeah, sure, whatever. And so it was just kind of like, whoa, I'm meeting with the you know the, the Senate president uh, tomorrow for fifteen minutes, and and you're absolutely right. If if you want to talk to somebody, uh, they they will talk to you, and and you never know what comes out of it. And if they don't, well, there's your word priorities. That's going to be the title of your book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. All right. All right. Well, Keaton Higgins, thanks so much for being on the pharmacy. Uh, I wanted to say the pharmacy residency podcast, a member of the pharmacy podcast network. Uh, So excited to have you on. Your energy is is clearly infectious. Uh, And I think that APHA is going to be, who knows, maybe you're going to end up as the APHA fellow next year. I've talked to many of them uh, and it's just a really, really cool thing. So thanks again for being on. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Keaton Higgins of the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. Uh, Really a great guy. And uh, you just know that uh, he's going to be successful. Again, finding your unicorn job for pharmacists. just a really neat way to take a couple of hours and, and listen to what other people are doing. There are some jobs that just really work well with a pharmacy job as a side hustle or something that you can kind of take time to get into. Uh, and I just uh, just really, really enjoyed making it, working out, working with everybody, and uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. So need my help, residency.teachable.com, Tony the Pharmacist at gmail.com.